Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. Hi, this is Dr. Andy Barlow with the Chiropractic Physician Center of Tupelo and author of the number one best-selling book, The Code Breaker. Are you sick and tired of being sick and tired? Then call my office at 662-844-1414 and order my new book, The Code Breaker. Welcome to Weekend Gardening with your host, the empress of everything green, Nellie Neal. Garden Mama's on the radio now to answer your questions and call you. Hello, baby. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome in. This is July. Yes, indeed, friends. A lot of you are enjoying a weekend that involves, let's see, uh, friends, fun, family, fireworks. Oh, yeah, and by the way, don't forget the wrap for your dog or you know whatever. whatever. In my case, it will be several blankets, and I wish I could put earplugs in her because, bless her heart, she, the noises just drive her bizarrely crazy. And I know it does to a lot of people, too, not to mention, you know, people who have had traumas of one type or another and don't react well to noises. That's why so many communities are going to laser light shows. Did you know that? Something to think about. This is the sort of thing that you will find out here on Weekend Gardening that you might or might not have already known about. If I'm not able to give you something new, I do hope to be able to add to your knowledge seed bank by the end of this particular program because my name is Nellie Neal and I'm known as the Garden Mama. Hmm, garden much? Well, right now, everybody's a gardener, and at least the good news is in this part of the world, here in the southeastern United States, more particularly Mississippi, Louisiana, Alabama, and yes, hello, y'all in Arkansas and Tennessee. We appreciate you calling us every now and then. There are... An awful lot of storms in the forecast, a lot of days of maybe rain, maybe not rain. So this is when I remind you, if you leave your house in the morning and you've got flower pots full of things that are just beautiful, that mean a lot to you and you love them, water them before you go unless it watered, unless it's raining right when you're leaving. <laughs> because it may or may not rain at any individual location. And frankly, a lot of times the trees get all of it anyway, particularly if you're gardening in the shade. That's another bit of information you might or might not want to know. You might want to know that I am celebrating summer in its full force. I was thinking about what did I do, what did I learn, what does summer mean? I remember the first time I was allowed to ride my bicycle all the way to the swimming pool, which was called the natatorium in those days. It was more than a mile, and I feel confident that my mother held her breath the whole time. <laughs> the good news is that she was willing to let me do that. I also remember the year that she taught me to cha-cha in the summer in the living room. <laughs> so there's a lot of things that happened in my summers, I hope uh, you have some equally good memories and that you're going to get out and create some other new ones this year. This particular time when we're celebrating the independence of our country and we're celebrating all of the things that brought us, you know, if, if you weren't who you were last year or last decade or last century in some of our cases, if you weren't there, you wouldn't be here now. 
And I just think we ought to celebrate that. I certainly know a lot more about gardening than I used to, and that makes it even more fun to talk to you on Saturday mornings. Triple eight eight zero eight eight six three seven. That is the Super Talk call line. I encourage you to use it, even if you're just driving through. You're on your way somewhere and happen to be cruising through our state. You turn on the radio. A lot of people do that, you know. See what's local. Well, here we are. Come on in. If you, if you can text. And you should. The C Spire text line is 601-879-4395. We always invite you there as well. Ham and Eggs Lantana is blooming for the first time this year in a really good way. I don't know why. I answered a question in my newsletter this week. And I have to say it, it just comes from speculation and experience. I have lived in this particular house for more than 20 years and the ham and eggs is, was there when I got there it was in bloom in fact um, the first summer and that was delightful now it's a big old woody thing and it there's no architectural detail on my house so it makes a really nice view on the side to at least have some plant that is apparently indestructible but this year it is a little smaller and a lot leafier and didn't have as many flowers or as soon in the year as I'm accustomed to. I've decided, because I've heard this from some other folks as well, I think it was a really wet winter. And Lantana thrives in heat and drought. So having plenty of rain gave it the opportunity to put on lots and lots of leaves, which is not a bad thing. It's a beautiful plant right now, but I sure am glad it finally started blooming. Um, The newer varieties, things that are not as ancient as this particular one, Ham and Eggs was selected, I I believe, in um, somewhere around 1921, but it may have been sooner. Um, That's the first reference that I know of to it, but there probably are others. And it does change its color a little bit. It's a yellow and pink flower, but in hotter weather, it will bloom a little bit more brightly. And in cooler weather, when it starts in the spring, usually it actually is a little bit pinker. But this year, there was hardly any of that. What's your lantana doing? Hmm? You can let me know this morning. I'd love to hear from you. I have an absolutely perfect example, I believe, of where gardening has come from and where it is going. All at the same time. Two stories, one day, bang, we're here. As you are probably aware, and I hope you are, and if you're not, I'm going to tell you, the oldest plants that we know of that people cultivated, the oldest existing plant is a fig tree. It is in the Middle East and has been there since everybody, anybody knows anything, okay? In that same area, grow olive trees, but they don't actually grow in the particular place where we have just found the remains of what appears to be the oldest olive tree ever cultivated. You see, that's different. The fig tree grows, we take care of it, and we pick figs, probably the same thing in the olive tree in its native environment, but this particular area studied by Tel Aviv and the Hebrew University both um, have let us know that they found in the Jordan Valley there there are not native olive trees there, but they have found, and this is another one of those things that you may or may not know about, but I hope you do. When we find old sites, sometimes we find fossils, sometimes we find shards of pottery, sometimes we find charcoal. 
And because we're able to tell you where the charcoal came from, we know that there were olive trees there. They, somebody brought it there and planted it there about 7,000 years ago, because that's when all these other things have been dated to. Really interesting stuff. Um, I like the idea. I'm still one of those people that really honestly wonders who was the first person to do something to olives so that they could be eaten by human beings. <laughs> you know, you have to brine them, you have to lay them into something and leave them there and all that. How I don't know the story of that, but I, I have looked. I don't find it anywhere. I'd like to know more about it. Something else to find out. Um, let's see. I don't. I'm not sure what this means. This is on the text line, and I like it. My Meyer lemon has yellow preemies. I think that means they're ripening early. Is this normal, and what can I do to prevent this? Actually, no. Um, you can't prevent it at this point because it's already happening. But the the if there's a secret to be had, and again, I need to know when you text me where you are. Um, you can give me your name, or I'll give you one. And so I'm going to make this Sharon from Senatobia. I have no idea who this is. But if your lemon tree is in a container, or if you live far enough south that you're growing the Meyer lemon in the ground, it's not getting enough water to the roots while the fruit was forming and beginning to expand. So you may think, well, it's been this may be the example of what I'm talking about. It's plenty rainy. But if the water's not actually getting to the soil around your plants, it, it, it isn't going to make that uh, make that leap and help them grow. Plants will, lemons particularly, will begin to ripen, um, and it takes a long time for them to ripen, so it's still not going to hurt for you to give them a little bit more water. But if by preemie you mean that they're smaller than your the, the, the end of your little finger, I would expect they're probably going to fall off. But if they're larger than that, if they're ping-pong ball-sized or bigger, I would encourage you to just continue watering the plant, and when they get ripe, take some and, and enjoy them. If it was another point and I don't understand it, let me know what preemie means, and I'll try and help with that. Um, I got a text this week from someone that I actually know, and I answered the question, because sometimes I'm a little hesitant if, if I'm hearing from someone that I haven't answered questions for before, but most of the people who subscribe to my newsletter have my have a line have a phone line and a, an email that they can get to me too during the week you of course do too if you subscribe and if you don't you can still get in touch with me mama on air at yahoo.com i am available but i do try to make myself um, a little more available to some folks and my goodness the autocorrect on her phone literally undid the name of the plant I thought I was answering a different question. She wrote back and said, what are you talking about? <laughs> so I picked up the phone and called to say, I'm answering this. You know? <laughs> oh, my goodness. We have to go back and read what autocorrect does for us. Sometimes it's good. Sometimes it's not so good. Um, let's see. Jackie's in Brandon. She has yellow lantana. That gets black leaves and does not profusely bloom. Okay. Um, yeah, and can I prune, can I prevent this and can I prune the limbs off down? Yes. I'll tell you how I handle the lantana. My lantana doesn't tend to get the sooty mold that she's talking about, the black blackening on the leaves, which is the indication that there's some insects feeding in the plant or if it happens to be at the edge of some other bed, something taller than it. And when what they cannot, um, 
what, what they cannot digest, they excrete, and it becomes out as a sugary substance. That's why, for example, you'll see ants climbing up plants with aphids on their backs. They're taking them up there so that they can drink what the aphids are leaving for them. But in the case of the yellow lantana, whatever it is that's feeding on it, and if you, particularly if you can push the blackness off with your thumb, it is sooty mold. And that's telling you that the mold is growing because something else is there feeding on the plant or something taller than it is being attacked, and the honeydew, as we like to call that stuff, is coming down onto your other plant. Um, yes, you can cut it back. Now, the the some years, my lantana looks great, and I'll really have to go along and just trim the top flowers, the old flowers off, because I don't like to form the seed pods. I want more flowers. And I'll do that to keep it no taller than my windows outside my kitchen. But in the case of lantana that hasn't functioned well, hasn't bloomed, or has really nasty-looking leaves, or, for example, get spider mites, where the leaves get kind of stippled and then eventually turn absolutely white. You can cut them down as much as you need to right now. There's plenty of growing season left in Zone 7, 8, and 9 to grow plenty of lantana before this fall. So if your lantana doesn't look good, Cut it back by half anyway. Get rid of all the stuff that you've cut off if it, if the leaves don't look good. And then fertilize the plants with something that's intended to promote flowering. And I think you'll have a good time with it. I, I, I understand that that all works. Um, the, the, you can prune those limbs off. And I think you've probably just got a temporary problem one that's not going to be a big deal later. The reason why I don't suggest starting to spray the lantana for the insects and whatnot now, for those of you who are are second-guessing me, and I appreciate that, that's how I stay on top of my game, Um, this is the point where a lot of times that lantana is covered up in skipper butterflies and other butterflies, and I don't want to put anything out there that's going to decrease their ability much less my dragonfly buddies, <laughs> to get what they need and to do the pollination that they need to. Okay, that's why. All righty. She says that um, this is this is in Caledonia. Well, yeah, indeed, that would have, the, the Meyer lemons, yes. Okay, you, y'all are not getting, y'all have gotten plenty of rain, but you haven't gotten as much rain as me. I, 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 I do pay attention. So she says that the preemies were perfect. So that's the thing is that, that plant, the plant in, in Caledonia, I feel confident, is growing in a container. And just something has not allowed it to get enough water into the container. So you can fix that. And the good news is that sometimes they'll bloom again when you start taking care of them. Oh, that's pretty. Lovely house. Shannon's um, in Oxford, and she's, she's the front bed, which faces the south, is not thriving. Indian hawthorn... Um, yeah, this is interesting. Indian hawthorn would need a, a, a soaker hose underneath it and to be turned on every day to, as most things would, on in the summertime, on a south-facing exposure. Okay? Now, I'm not opposed to them. I might consider doing a, a soil test or I might consider going ahead and giving them some fertilizer. But there are other things that can take this particular space and hold it pretty firmly. Any any of the dwarf shrubs that you just like the looks of, if you will put a soaker hose underneath them, are going to be able to fill the space. Now, for annuals, I think this is a great time to talk about that. She says, um, can I plant them now or should I wait until fall? 
There are a couple of things that you can certainly plant right now in Oxford. You can plant moss roses. You can plant purslane. You can plant the summer lovers, you know, the the summer heat-loving annuals, and they will give you color right up until frost. But leave room in that bed because before it gets to frost, you're going to want to come in with pansies and cornflowers maybe or some other a, a dwarf, um, a, another short, um, excuse me, snapdragon. You know, some of those things you're going to want to put those in when we get to, say, September and then moving into October. But your summer annuals will still be blooming. You'll still be having plenty of purslane, plenty of moss roses. So I, I would put some in now. And also plan to put in some more in the fall. The main thing that I would do, though, is to put a soaker hose underneath those um, those shrubs so that you can water the soil underneath them. Maybe not late in the afternoon, maybe more like in the morning so that it's prepared for the, the hot weather later. Okay? Beautiful house, lovely, lovely flower bed. You can get that. You can get that so it's fixed up. And, and I like the fact that you got chairs on the porch. I'm always in favor of that. I always talk to you about sustainable gardening and why it's so important to me. Um, There are a lot of reasons, but one of the main ones has always been, frankly, if if you take care of your soil, if you build it at the beginning of its use, and then you continue to amend it a little bit over time, you end up with gardens that don't need a great deal of fertilizer. You end up with gardens that, in turn, you're not spraying a whole lot of, so you don't have to spray. I know that sounds crazy, but it's true. When we take the, take the time and take the effort to increase the, the population of good insects and to do the things that we need to do that keep that soil going, we really do have a cheaper way to garden. And I mean that in terms of monetary expense. Well, guess what? U.S. farmers are now cutting back on common weed killers. They're looking for alternatives to fungicides, and they're changing their planting plans. Yep, supply chain, expense, and hard-to-get stuff. All right, we're going to learn some new habits. I'm here to help. This is Weekend Gardening. for a contractor for your new home or remodel? Go licensed. Unlicensed contractors may try to convince you that pulling your own permit can save you money, but they may do shoddy work, or in some cases, no work at all, costing you far more in the long run. Protect yourself and your investment by comparing estimates from three licensed contractors. Remember, go licensed. For more information, contact the Mississippi State Board of Contractors at msboc.us. In Mississippi, we look out for one another because that's the Mississippi way. I'll be honest, not long ago, I was unsure about getting the COVID-19 vaccine because I had a lot of questions. And after talking to my healthcare provider, I got the answers I needed to make an informed decision about protecting myself and my community because that's the Mississippi way. Got questions? Get informed by visiting the MSWay.com or talking to one of the physicians with the Mississippi State Medical Association. 
Hey, I'm here with Alex Murray of Auto Innovation. At Auto Innovation, we want to change your car buying experience. When you're in the market for a quality pre-owned vehicle, please come see us. We want to make friends, not just customers. All eligible vehicles are inspected by a Master Tech mechanic and come with a limited powertrain warranty on us. We are located on Highway 51 in Ridgeland. Come by and see us or check out our inventory online at autoinnovation.net. Let us change your car buying experience. Auto Innovation, Highway 51 in Ridgeland. Garden Mama here for Lakeland Yard and Garden to ask you, why do we garden anyway? Are you looking for a beautiful retreat where you can get away from it all? Seeking to reduce stress? To have a home you can really enjoy and invite friends over? Lakeland Yard and Garden is ready to help with your garden paradise. In addition to being a complete nursery, greenhouse, and garden shop, Lakeland offers patio furnishings, including couches, chairs, tables, and much more. Let the professionals at Mississippi's largest garden center help you get away from it all right there in your own backyard. Why do we garden? Because we love it. We love the outdoors, and yes, we do want to get away from it all sometimes. Lakeland Yard and Garden is celebrating 43 years of serving all your garden needs. We're growing your way at Lakeland Yard and Garden. Lakeland Drive at Airport Road. This is Home Answers Radio, and my guest today is Trey Jackson of Bulldog Construction. Trey, if a business has uneven sidewalks, they're asking for trouble. Would you agree? Lynn, they are. It's a trip hazard and it needs to be fixed. Our foam technology can level those uneven walks without having to lay down any new concrete. Much easier and more affordable. Trey, my wife tripped over one of those and skinned her knee up. She was fortunate. Call Bulldog Construction at 601-853-4242. I tend to second-guess dinners with friends because they're often interrupted by diarrhea, gas, bloating, stomach pain, or oily stools. It turns out I have EPI, or exocrine pancreatic insufficiency, which means I'm missing the enzymes needed to digest food. My doctor prescribed Creon, pancrelipase, an oral prescription medication that replaces pancreatic digestive enzymes. Creon treats EPI due to cystic fibrosis, chronic pancreatitis, pancreatectomy, or other conditions. Creon may increase your chance of fibrosing colonopathy, a rare bowel disorder. Tell your doctor if you have a history of intestinal blockage or scarring or thickening of your bowel wall, if you're allergic to pork, or if you have gout, kidney problems, or worsening of painful swollen joints. Call your doctor if you have any unusual or severe gastrointestinal symptoms or allergic reactions. Take Creon as directed by your doctor and always with food. Do not chew capsules as this may cause mouth irritation. Other side effects may include blood sugar changes, gas, dizziness, sore throat, and cough. These are not all the side effects of Creon. Creon is the number one prescribed EPI treatment. Ask your doctor about Creon for EPI and visit Creon.com or call 800-633-9110 to learn more. That's C-R-E-O-N.com. For a flipping good time, come down to Cock of the Walk. Celebrating our 40th anniversary at Cock of the Walk. Voted the best catfish in Mississippi with our grilled or fried catfish along with greens, coleslaw, and a skillet of our homemade cornbread. With locations on the reservoir, Pocahontas, and one mile from the Grand Ole Opry in Nashville, Tennessee. Catfish, hush puppies, and fried dill pickles. For a flipping good time, come down to Cock of the Walk. I like chicken. I like fish. I like hush puppies. I love it. Catfish is excellent. For a flipping good time, come down to Cock of the Walk. Providing hope for every flute player that ever wanted to play rock and roll. <laughs> Going up the country, yes, indeed. Canned Heat, what a great name. Fortunately, they didn't name themselves for the product name. They just gave themselves a different point of view about it. Um, This is one of those tunes that no matter where you're going, 
you're going up the country somehow or another, some way or another, and I think that's part of its uh, great appeal, that and the fact that it literally is the same pace as driving a car. <laughs> um, if, if, you, if you feel that way about this one, you will also enjoy um, the Memphis thing about with Paul Simon. It'll get you there, too. Let's see. Bill from Pascagoula is on the line this morning. Welcome in, Bill. Thank you for calling. What's, on, what's going on today? Well, somebody gave me uh, some uh, sweet success cucumber seeds, mm-hmm. and I, I just I just pulled up their climbing cucumbers. I just pulled up all my uh, climbing snap beans, so my trellis is still there. I wonder if it's okay to plant those cucumber seeds this time of the year. Yes, I'm. I, I might wait a week or two, but not much more than that. You're if you're if you're able to water them um, when it you I know. Can. Here here's the question of. Will, will the tropical weather help you, or will it not? You know, so I tend to think that you'll get plenty of water for them. But if you have to be able to water them, that's the only thing that'll limit them growing. The heat's not going to bother them that much. Oh, okay. Because I got a four by twelve raised bed. How perfect! And uh, tons and tons of organic matter in it. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. I just pulled up all my snap beans, so I know I got good nitrogen in here. Love that. And so uh, I could plant them today. You think? I don't see why not. There's we we talk about July being the time to plant squash, cucumbers, pumpkins, all of those gourds, you know, all of that whole thing. I don't think any there's I don't see any large amount or if if you told me it was going to rain 6 inches tomorrow at your house, I'd probably say wait till after that to plant just so you don't lose the seeds. But I don't think it's going to do that. So Not Okay, that's okay, good information. Sounds wonderful. Tell me what variety of snap beans you grew. Uh, rattlesnake. Oh, love those. That's wonderful. Super duper. Thanks, Bill. Have a great, great day. Thank hey. you for calling. Yes, sir? Okay. We, we we did that. Good one. Jim's in Laurel. What's going on, Jim? Good morning, Garden Mama. My phone's about dead, so if it hangs up on you <laughs> in this conversation, I apologize. Okay. But I got hurt three weeks ago, Garden Mama, and I couldn't get out there and take care of my tomatoes and peppers. I'm sorry. I got these dead burnt tomato worms. They're not eating my tomatoes. They're eating my jalapeno plants. Mm-hmm. And they tried the peppers. They didn't like them, so they went to the leaves. They just about stripped it. Mm-hmm. Now, I need to get my leaves growing back. How can I do that? Have you got the worms off? Yes, ma'am. I, they're in okay. a happy hunting ground right now. Okay. In that case, all you need to do is, in between the rain showers, give them some fertilizer. Do I need to pick the peppers off so the nutrition can go to the leaves? Well, if they're, if they're anywhere close to ripe, yeah, or if they've been bitten, chewed up, certainly. But um, if, if, they're, if, they're, if they're just sitting there and they're small, you can fertilize and leave them on. That's fine. Okay, well, dude. Well, Garden Mama, enjoy your show. Well, I hope you're okay, Jim. Take care of yourself. Thank you, sir. We all worry about each other. You know, that's part of what makes us humans human is that uh, we, we, we circle around and take care of one another. I wanted to quickly put the, the pin in why the olive trees are the beginning of the gardening that, that I love to talk about so much. But the other piece of this that you need to know this particular week is that University of California Riverside has developed photosynthesis that does not involve light. That's right. No sunlight needed. Artificial photosynthesis is a two-step 
electrocatalytic process. <laughs> is that crazy? It converts carbon dioxide, electricity, and water into acetate. This is so interesting to me. I'm, I'm a person with only about, well, three semesters altogether of chemistry, and, and I have to tell you, I don't know a lot because that's not very much. And this, But it's a hybrid organic-inorganic system that increases the efficiency of the process. So, ex- for example, they've already determined that there are quite a few fungi that we could grow, um, at, we grow mushrooms in this strata that they make th- out of this acetate in the dark. Okay, but they've also taken it and and amplified it into other things. The idea is that by building on the plants that favor it, canola, for example, building on that and breeding the plants to be even better at using this process, the hope is and the intuition and so far the proof is that we would be able to grow plants for food in places where we can't grow them now. In other words, conditions that are too harsh or conditions that are not necessarily um, as consistent as one would appreciate for a field of plants. You can do it because you don't have that limitation of sunlight. It's really fascinating. University of Delaware is in on this one, too. Um, They're creating food independent of sunlight. I just think that's brilliant. It changes a lot of how you think about these things. Um, You know, that's very, very cool. Well, it's a pretty day out there. Ray and Clinton has just sent in a picture of his composter. He's going to call us at some point this morning about that. I like a big barrel on a frame. That's really good looking. I have a couple of compost bins that are not like this, but they are easy to open on one side and turn the stuff out. So I understand why you'd want to be able to get to it. I like that. Very cool. Very nice. 888-808-8637 is the Super Talk call line. 601-879-4395 is the C Spire text line. I'm, a, I'm not really, I'm not a finch person, and I'm, I'm certainly not a bird person in comparison to our own bird man um, who, who comes to see us here from time to time. But... I do understand, because I've had to read a little bit about Darwin's finches and the, the discoveries and stuff, um, pretty secretive. They are the ground finches that live in the Galapagos Islands, and they were in, they're Darwin's finches because he first wrote about them. But the McGill University researchers have put some of my very favorite radio transmitters on them, and now we know. Good grief, that's a tiny, tiny bird. And frankly, finches are always subject to disruption in their environment, it, whether it's um, when there's too many of them in a flight that, that where they're, they're contained or whether it's out in nature. They have the ability, though, to travel extraordinary distances to get their food and sometimes to relocate. I love this. These particular finches, and this is on the islands now, so they they. There's not that far to go, all right, without finding something else or finding another place to go. They go at least 30 soccer fields in terms of their foraging area. Now, that's crazy. Daily movement patterns covering an area the equivalent of 30 soccer fields. In case you're wondering, yes, soccer fields are bigger than football fields. Football fields are just like 53-plus wide and, and, and... (laughs) 
Soccer fields are wider than that. 75 to 100. They're not all the same. They're like baseball fields. You know how football fields, the playing field is exactly the same, even if there's parts of it, the other things, end zones might be different and where the stands are and all that sort of stuff. But baseball and soccer are both built around the space itself. So it's it's different. You still have to have the same baselines and all that, but... Um, let's see. Brian's from Louisville. Brian, you have a leaf-footed bug on your plant, and if you um, if you will watch, there unless there's lots and lots of them, they're just hanging around. They don't do very much damage. If there's hundreds and hundreds of them, or even scores, then the the way to get them off is to shake the bush, have them fall on the ground, and gather them up in a sheet, and then come back with something like Spinosad to spray for them. But usually we don't have to. Usually they just arrive and hang around for a while, and then they're gone. Because they don't eat. They eat a little bit, but they don't eat that much. Okay? Okay. Pretty picture, though. Really nice. Um, and, and yes, leaf-footed bugs, I, I, I have... Uh, there were two of them living, and now there's a lot more, of course, um, out in my blueberry patch. And... Um, I'll tell you the truth. I'm trying to defoliate the grapes. For those of you who've heard me talk about these grapes, I'm trying to defoliate the grapes because I want to cut them down and, and get them moved this fall. And um, so I threw them over there, but they're still not eating very much. I was hopeful they might get interested and start, but they didn't. Didn't work that way for me. Too bad. Oh, my goodness. So many fun things going on in my garden right now. Yours probably, too. I do have um, dahlias that are about a foot tall in containers from the the great plant giveaway. Thank you, Donna. And I have gladiolas that are two feet tall. I don't know if they're going to be able to bloom this summer or if I'm just growing for next year in that case. But that's all right. They're very, very healthy. I've still got uh, tomatoes making that are, that are made and are growing up expanding. These are cherry tomatoes. It's very difficult to do anything else. And my Tabascos are all now bright yellow. So I'm looking forward to them getting a little bit more ripe before I start picking them. I do like both um, yellow Tabascos and then orange and then bright red. So they have different flavors, I think. Maybe that's just because I grow them all the time. I think I know what they taste like. Leaf-footed bugs and other true bugs um, are really the ones that we have to watch out for. They're difficult to control. They're not as as ravenous usually as grasshoppers, for example, but they still are one of the things that, that with a pair of plastic tweezers like you would get in a lab kit somewhere, you can easily pluck lots and lots of them off of the plant, or you can shake it and they'll fall off. So they're 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 out there and they're doing their thing, but they're not usually a big problem. I came up in horticulture education being taught that unless you were combating whatever insect pests insects were out there, you were not going to get rid of the pests. And we know now that that's really not the same approach that we're taking. Now we take the approach that we want to identify them, we want to watch what they do, and then we want to control the ones that are giving us a problem, because the others can easily be our friends. (laughs) No doubt about that. Let's see. Um, Japanese persimmon. Hey, Brenda and Brandon, thank you for writing in on the C Spire text line. She says, uh, oh, and there it is. That's interesting. She's got a, a big droop on one side of um, the the Japanese persimmon. It's just a function of it growing. Yes, I would prop that side up 
Um, this is where you see the the board. You know, you'll see a, a two by four with a little notch in the top of it to accommodate the branch and let it stand up off the ground because you don't want them to drag the ground. That r- really messes with the ripening. But um, as far as pruning it, don't don't do that until winter time. But yes, um, I don't want you to. I don't want you to pull it upright. I want you to stake it up from the bottom. She's saying, should I stake it and pull it? I don't want to pull it. I want to just hold it up. I hope you can understand the difference. Um, I don't. I'm not much on on staking things anyway because I think we then we have to teach the plant to stand on its own. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's a balance. I get that. We have to stake for a little bit sometimes. But in this case, I think you'll be able to prop up the branch itself with another piece of wood. Then you'll prune in January when when it's time to prune that dormant tree. But beautiful tree. That's going to be magnificent in another couple of years. I love it. Nice, nice, nice. Um. <laughs> Thank you very much. I'm not exactly sure who this is either, but I love y'all. Y'all's texts are so fun. Thank you for that. What do we know about ourselves when it comes to growing a little bit of food? What What is it that we really want to grow? I want to know this from you because I've had several requests to teach food growing, and I think it's time to do that again. I did that two summers ago, and I believe I'm going to be doing it again at the end of this summer. Um, I would like to know what you want to grow. And in the fall, generally speaking, that's going to mean broccoli, but it might be lettuce. And, you know, I need, I need to know where to, what to emphasize and how to make sure that you're getting what you need um, if you're able to come to these classes that I'm going to be putting together here in, in the next couple of months. We, we're trying to do a lot in our gardens. And, yes, we start the spring garden plants over again in July. No question about that. But our fall garden also expands then to include the broccolis, the cabbages, and all of the greens and things that we so enjoy eating as fall comes on. Okay? So tell me what you want. Tell me what you like. Send me a note, mamaonair at yahoo.com or... Get in touch here on the ceasefire text line, 601-879-4395. And by the way, take it easy. This is Weekend Gardening. Open up the window, let some air to this room. I think mama's choking from the smell of stale perfume. And the cigarette you're smoking about to scare me half to death. Open up the window, let me catch my breath. Mama told me not to come. Mama told me not to come She said That ain't no way to have fun Son That ain't no way to have fun Son, son, son Helping Mississippians with disabilities prepare for the job market as well as live independently in their homes and communities this is what we do at the Mississippi Department of Rehab Services Hi, I'm Chris Howard, Executive Director. The resources provided through our office helps families by providing things like personal care attendance, home modifications, career guidance and counseling, job supports, and so much more. You'll never know how we might be able to help you until you connect with us. Please visit mdrs.ms.gov to find an office closest to you. 
you know that nowadays more people are cutting the cord, ditching traditional cable and satellite television, and instead just streaming everything. With Super Talk Mississippi Media Digital's over-the-top advertising, you can get your business seen on streaming TV. Super Talk Mississippi Media Digital's highly trained and trusted team can show you how your ad dollars can go further to reach a more targeted audience. Call 601-991-2305 or go to stmmdigital.com to get started today. At Fillmore Buick GMC, we strive to make buying your next vehicle easy and take care of you long after you drive off the lot. That means upfront and honest pricing, doing everything we can to make the time you spend in the dealership as short or as long as you need. It means we understand that purchasing a vehicle is more than just a transaction for you. We want you to enjoy the experience as much as we appreciate your business. Find your next Buick GMC or pre-owned vehicle at FillmoreBuickGMC.com. Fillmore Buick GMC. You drive everything we do. Hey, this is Bob, and if you're like me, you like dealing with local people. Majestic Metals was founded in Mississippi in 1954 and are headquartered right in Gluckstadt. For complete metal building systems and steel roofing and siding, call the hometown folks. Majestic Metals, 800-647-8540 or online at MajesticMetalsINC.com. From luxury hotels to homeowners, Bath Fitter in Ridgeland will exceed your expectations. Your beautiful new bath and shower are made with the same high-quality materials used in luxury hotels and installed in as little as one day. Bath Fitter in Ridgeland will provide the bath or shower custom designed you've always wanted with no heavy demo or weeks without your bath area. Visit bathfitter.com where you can design your own bath area and book your free in-home or virtual consultation. Bathfitter.com. What if there was a paint that could awaken something as old as that Rip Van Winkle guy? Hey, what? Because it could adhere to the most weathered exteriors and completely restore its youth. Hey, there's hair on my head again! If a paint could give any time-worn surface stunning new life, is it still paint? Regal Select Exterior from Benjamin Moore. Paint like no other. Seabrook Paints in Jackson and Ridgeland. Visit SeabrookPaints.com. The best made-to-order lunch in Northeast Jackson is at 4th & Gold Sports Cafe. Homestyle plates full of catfish, shrimp, and rib tips, just to name a few. Eat in or carry out, DoorDash or Grubhub. Call 769-208-8283. Once again, 769-208-8283. I tend to second-guess dinners with friends because they're often interrupted by diarrhea, gas, bloating, stomach pain, or oily stools. It turns out I have EPI, or exocrine pancreatic insufficiency, which means I'm missing the enzymes needed to digest food. My doctor prescribed Creon Pancrelipase, an oral prescription medication that replaces pancreatic digestive enzymes. Creon treats EPI due to cystic fibrosis, chronic pancreatitis, pancreatectomy, or other conditions. Creon may increase your chance of fibrosing colonopathy, a rare bowel disorder. Tell your doctor if you have a history of intestinal blockage or scarring or thickening of your bowel wall. If you're allergic to pork or if you have gout, kidney problems, or worsening of painful swollen joints. Call your doctor if you have any unusual or severe gastrointestinal symptoms or allergic reactions. Take Creon as directed by your doctor and always with food. Do not chew capsules as this may cause mouth irritation. Other side effects may include blood sugar changes, gas, dizziness, sore throat, and cough. These are not all the side effects of Creon. Creon is the number one prescribed EPI treatment. Ask your doctor about Creon for EPI and visit Creon.com or call 800-633-9110 to learn more. That's C-R-E-O-N.com. Sponsored by AbbVie.
Facebook feed with your four-leaf clovers because I said I never found one. Okay, I feel rotten. I am pitiful. I am sad. I am wimpy. And no, I still have never found a four-leaf clover. <laughs> oh, my mother was one of those people. My sister's one of those people. Can walk right up and see it. Uh, my friend Charlotte sees them all the time. Everybody's not me. Harumph. But on the other hand, Sometimes I can answer the garden questions that they may not know about. For example, let's hit the phones right away and talk to Taylor in Galman. Welcome in, Taylor. Thank you for holding on. What's on your mind today? Yeah, Garden Mama, what it is, I got uh, t- two crepe myrtles. They're about three years old. They're probably 20 feet apart. They're three years old. One of them got maybe five flowers on it right there. And the other one, the last two years, has no flowers. Mm-hmm. None at all. They're the, They're in full sun. Excuse me. They're in full sun. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Very much. Okay. So, yeah. What do you fertilize them with? Uh, oh, you're supposed to fertilize them. Okay. Yeah. Did you prune them? Excuse me. Did you prune them? No, I have not. Okay. The good news is you haven't done anything wrong. <laughs> Usually we do too much of both when it comes to crepe myrtles. So the next thing I'm going to ask you is, does the grass grow right up to the tree itself, or do you have them in a bed? No, they, the grass goes right up to them. All right. I'm a, you're going to think I'm so smart. Go around those trees, take out the grass about two feet out around the base of them, and put mulch there. What happens is that... Whatever nutrient is in your soil, whatever water, whatever rainfalls or whatever water you give them is going to the grass and not the trees. And that sometimes can slow them down. Okay, that's the first thing. Give them a better place to grow by taking the, the grass or out from around them and giving them some mulch or underneath their, their, on their ground underneath them. Secondly, next winter in January, don't go out there and start with the chainsaw, but prune a few inches off each branch just but you don't have to do that now you could do it now but it's i'm not going to tell you to do it now because they're young trees wait till january take a few inches off of each of your branches then as soon as the new growth starts next spring fertilize them with a flowering tree food and at this time next year i want you to call me back and say happy birthday garden mama my crepe myrtles are blooming (laughs) because they will be let me ask you something else i've read some articles where you're not supposed to cut them back and that, that's called crepe murder, and I agree. We I don't cut back crepe myrtles real hard unless they have been cut back throughout their entire life, because then you end up having to spend about three years getting them to go back the other direction, and most people find it's just easier to go ahead and continue pruning them. But since you have not pruned them, we're not going to cut them back. We're going to take a few inches off of the tip of each branch to stimulate their growth. That's all we're going to do. Mm-hmm. None of that heavy, yeah. none of that heavy duty cur- cutting that's called crepe murder. I don't, I don't want that to be done. As I say, unless it has already been done a hundred years. <laughs> you know? well, it's uh, hard. The name of the article was Crepe Murder. Yeah, sure it was. And Steve Bender of Southern Living invented the term. He may or may not have written that article. You may have read one by Alan Owings. You may have read one by Gary Bachman. You may have read one by me, (laughs) because we've all written that article. 
And I'm telling you, we don't mur- crepe murder is where you cut down into the trunk itself or into the main base of that stem and tur- cut it off and make it look like it's just little knobs. We're not doing that. We're going to take a couple of inches off the tip of each branch. That's an entirely different process. Okay. I promise. Well, look, I certainly appreciate your help. Sure. I look forward to hearing from you next year when they're doing better. Thank you for calling. Appreciate it very, very much. Crepe myrtles are one of the most controversial plants in our world. And having sat at the table with these other venerable horticulturists, I can tell you that we all agree. On the other hand, I'm going to say when it's time to do a little bit of tip pruning, we do that sometimes just simply to keep the round shape. You know, we, we don't necessarily want them all shooting off in different directions. We want a little bit of a, an arc to the flowering on the tree. So we do it for that. We also sometimes in the summertime when the, the crepe myrtles are blooming well, and for example, you have one that's about 10 or 12 feet tall, one of the smaller varieties, You'll, people go out and deadhead those flowers in the same way that we would deadhead a rose to get it to rebloom. So all of those things are possible. Okay? Okay. Um, let's see. Why are my tomatoes so leggy even though I'm getting some tomatoes off of them? Usually that's a function of not enough light or not, a, not enough endurance of light. In other words, if you're only getting sunlight for an hour in the morning or two hours, They'll grow, but they're not going to grow very much. I tend to grow spindly tomatoes because I have about a half a day of sun and the rest is dappled, okay, in the spot where I prefer to grow them. And because that's where it, they do better for me in, in terms of being able to get warm and stay that way. So if you have a spot where the tomatoes can be moved to or if you've got a tree overhang that you can prune a branch off of, if they're not... In, if they're in full sun and they're still leggy, the chances are there are too many plants in the bed and they're planted too close together. So that's the two possibilities. It, they can be um, spindly because they're not getting enough sun. They can be spindly because they're too crowded. And sure, if you don't fertilize them at all, but you're getting tomatoes, so I think you probably fertilized them along the way, and that's not a problem. Okay? That's my best answer on those. I, I do love tomatoes, but I do admit they're not the easiest ones to grow. Mike, you're in Houston today. What's going on, sir? Uh, good morning. I tell you what, I heard there's two mics from Houston, <laughs> and they're raising about the same thing I am. I got the I got sunflowers and stuff like that. Uh, I sent you some text there, pictures. I got the but, I saw uh, the picture of the uh, of the tomatoes. That isn't sunflowers. Anyway, um, my four o'clocks are blooming good, except my uh, my uh, pixie pixie trumpets or angel uh, pixie trumpets or something. It's a four o'clock fairy trumpets. Fairy trumpets. uh, Oh yeah. They're not. I I can't do anything with them. Uh, Also, uh, the main reason I called you was. I got. I have never raised uh, watermelons. I've got one watermelon vine. It's got six watermelons on it. I've been told to cut off two runts to make sure you get instead of having six small watermelons, you have maybe four good sized ones. That's yeah. That people do that. Is it a volunteer or did you plant it? Uh, it's planted. What variety is it? Crimson sweet or something like that. 
Oh, okay. Well, that if the vine is going, if it's running across your yard, it can support six fruit. I mean, that's at this point there we're into the ripening season, and I'm hesitant to take any fruit off once we get to this point. If you had taken off two of them when they were all, you know, the size of a softball, that would be different. But we've got nice if if, if they're growing and they're all doing well, I'm probably not going to sacrifice anybody. I'm going to wait and harvest all of them because it's about time. I'm sitting here today trying to figure out where I'm going to get a yellow watermelon. <laughs> so, uh, here I got another plant. It's got uh, two, three watermelons on it. Mm-hmm. See, you're having more success than you thought you would. Good. I got so much going on. It's it's wild. Well, let me go ahead and leave out. And you're always doing a good job. And I like to know who. I would like to know who the other Mike from Houston is. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see if we can find him. Thank you, okay. Mike. Have a great, great Independence Day. Thank you very much for calling. And yeah, our our time is tight. We got to slip away from here. But guess what? We got another hour. Stick around. This is weekend gardening. Are you looking for a contractor for your new home or remodel? Go licensed. Unlicensed contractors may try to convince you that pulling your own permit can save you money, but they may do shoddy work, or in some cases, no work at all, costing you far more in the long run. Protect yourself and your investment by comparing estimates from three licensed contractors. Remember, go licensed. For more information, contact the Mississippi State Board of Contractors at msboc.us. Helping Mississippians with disabilities prepare for the job market as well as live independently in their homes and communities, this is what we do at the Mississippi Department of Rehab Services. Hi, I'm Chris Howard, Executive Director. The resources provided through our office helps families by providing things like personal care attendance, home modifications, career guidance and counseling, job supports, and so much more. You'll never know how we might be able to help you until you connect with us. Please visit mdrs.ms.gov to find an office closest to you. God is the God of community and conversation. And in Jesus and the Spirit, the Father made a way for you. Not a private spirituality, but a way into a community that we call the church. Dr. Michael Ziegler says God comes with a community. This week on The Lutheran Hour. Join us each Sunday morning at 7 a.m. Brought to you by Our Redeemer Lutheran Church, 1799 Clinton Raymond Road in Clinton. Do you suffer from allergies, sinus or respiratory problems, or just want to improve the quality of air you breathe in your home or business? Pure Air Consultants can help. As your indoor environmental specialist, we clean air ducts, install UV lights, and service all makes and models of heating and cooling systems. We offer the most dependable Energy Star qualified systems in the industry. Call Pure Air Consultants today, 601-939-7420. A proud provider of Ream Home AC Systems. <laughs> Are you feeling it? <sighs> Ream. The new degree of comfort. You're listening to WFMN Flora Jackson, Super Talk Mississippi, powered by your tree professionals at Baroni's Tree Pros. Online at baroniestreepros.com. It's Alyssa Arbuckle, and you're listening to Super Talk Mississippi News. 
Voters chose to oust incumbent Stephen Palazzo in the GOP runoffs Tuesday night in a close race, with Jackson County Sheriff Mikey Zell securing 54% of the vote over Palazzo's 46% in the 4th District. Palazzo serves on the House Appropriations Committee, which is responsible for allocating every dollar of federal discretionary spending. GOP strategist Henry Barber believes voters continue to believe that seniority is important. We have seen that in recent years where incumbents become vulnerable because they lose touch with the voters. And I think that's what happened on the coast. And, and I think that's what almost happened in uh, the 3rd District race between Michael Guest, the incumbent, and Michael Cassidy, the challenger. Michael Guest easily defeated newcomer Michael Cassidy in the runoffs, but it was a different story during the primaries on June 7th. Both incumbents were forced into the runoffs because neither garnered a majority vote in the first primary. Propane is a safe, reliable, and clean energy source, and it's important that you're aware of these basic safety tips. Be sure that all family members are familiar with the smell of propane, know where the shutoff valve is, and what to do if a leak is suspected. Your propane provider will continue to offer a gas system check by one of their professionally trained technicians at no cost to you. Ask your provider for a pamphlet about more important propane safety info. Energy for everyone. Propane. Visit MSPropane.com. I think the teacher's asleep. Looks like he's dreaming. Man, I can't wait to hang up my team mascot. <laughs> I, I think he's having a nightmare. No, this is part of his lesson plan. He's trying to show us that calling Mississippi 811 before you dig is so easy, you can do it with your eyes closed. Call 811 two days before you dig, and let's have zero damages, zero injuries. Mississippi has one of the worst pet shelter save rates in the entire country. In 2021, over 27% of the cats and dogs taken into Mississippi shelters ended up dying there. Lisa Barrett is with the Best Friends Animal Society, which conducted the study. So the most important thing is stay and neuter your pet. Vaccinate your pet for, you know, barbo, distemper, rabies, heartworm, whatever. And then the other thing is get involved in your local shelters, you know, foster, you know, adopt, um, volunteer, um, help move these animals out of the shelters where they're being killed um, and give them some positive outcomes. Only California, Texas, Florida, North Carolina, Alabama, and Louisiana have worse pet save rates. For more on this study, log on to supertalk.fm. I'm Kelly Bennett. From Sports Mississippi, I'm Dixon Williams. Ole Miss head baseball coach Mike Bianco has been named National Coach of the Year by the American Baseball Coaches Association and Collegiate Baseball. It's the second time he's been named the Coach of the Year. He was Coach of the Year in 2020 as well, the year cut short by COVID. And Pearl River Wildcat baseball coach Michael Avalon has been named the American Baseball Coaches Association's Division II National Coach of the Year, led the Wildcats to the Junior College College World Series Championship. He's also regional coach of the year by the National Junior College Division II Golf Region. Tate Parker from Pearl Rivers Wildcats also was named Player of the Year by the American Baseball Coaches Association and Rawlings. He helped the Wildcats to their championship by hitting 450. He's a Southern Miss commitment. And Gold Glove catcher Jackson Owen of Northeast Mississippi Community College has been named Defensive Player of the Year as the catcher was Perfect in 23 or 24 appearances behind the plate and committed only two errors. I'm Dixon Williams. This is Sports Mississippi. 
From Memorial Day to Labor Day, the Mississippi Lottery is about to make summer fun again. There's lots to win from Rectech pellet grills and very cool coolers to watercraft and other hot prizes. You don't have to purchase a thing, but you have to be 21 or over. Go to mslotteryhome.com to sign up to be a lottery insider and receive emails with instructions on how to enter the 2022 Summer of Fun promotion. Have fun, y'all. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. All of us at the Mississippi Propane Gas Association are committed to providing you with the best possible services and affordable values. We operate in a way that assures a safe, reliable, and economical fuel source. Our trained personnel constantly monitor the conditions of our gas systems to assure reliability and safety. Any repairs or modifications to a propane gas system must be performed by the qualified technicians of your propane provider as required by state and federal regulations. Energy for everyone. Propane. Visit MSPropane.com. USA Baseball has announced the 50-man collegiate national team training camp roster that will compete in a five-game inter-squad series, the Stars and Stripes series in North Carolina this weekend. And then the final 26-man national team roster will be announced on July 5th by the staff that is led by manager and Ole Miss coach Mike Bianco of the full 50-man training camp roster Hunter Elliott from Ole Miss Jacob Gonzalez from Ole Miss Tanner Hall from Southern Miss Mason Nichols out of Ole Miss and Hurston Waldrop from Southern Miss also making the list for the training camp roster Braden Montgomery who is a Madison Mississippi native out of Stanford the 50 man roster will be cut down to 26 on Tuesday as announced by Coach Mike Bianco and his staff of the USA baseball team. I'm Dixon Williams. This is Super Talk Sports Mississippi. Welcome to Weekend Gardening with your host, the empress of everything green, Nellie Neal. Garden Mamas on the radio now to answer your questions and call you. Hello, baby. Hello, 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 hello. Welcome into Weekend Gardening. Yes, indeed. We are watching the tropics as usual in July. We're also keeping an eye on the grill and the corn harvest and the pumpkin planting. And um, let's see now, where can I get a yellow watermelon? Hmm. Somebody sent me a note the other day when I was asking about that uh, at, at another point in my life. And so he remembered me asking about that, wondered if I ever found one. He thought I was talking about the outside being yellow. And, of course, there are melons with yellow exteriors, but no, no, no. I'm talking about watermelon with a yellow interior. Those are – that's my favorite. Everybody gets to have their favorite. And when you're a July baby, you get to have <laughs> several watermelon favorites if you want them. Oh, my goodness. What's on your garden mind today? Let's see if we can talk with Ray from Clinton about his composter this morning. Hey, Ray, that's a good-looking photo you sent me. What's up? Oh, she, that that thing's a cooking girl. She does a good <laughs> job. We, um, of course, I'm I'm kind of new at this. We got a greenhouse last year. We had two Brooklyn villas that had just been beautiful for several years. I had them in the greenhouse, and I inadvertently gave them some mirror and it just about did them in. But I repotted them, mm-hmm. and everything that we're, I'm repotting or did repot in the spring and all, I put, I think I may have gotten a little heavy on the compost or something because 
nothing's flowering. Our hibiscus aren't flowering. Mm-hmm. The zinnias aren't flowering. Now they got beautiful leaves. They're gorgeous plants. But there's no flowers. You have my initial. You you have a large N on your plants, and that's the nitrogen that you're getting from all that organic matter. Um, and so, yes, they're going to grow for a little while. The only way to change that is to water more. And frankly, this week will probably get most of it out of their system anyway, because it's going to be so much rain outside. Um, but you can always water to reduce the amount of nitrogen, or you can just wait, and the plant will use it up and will start blooming a little later. Yeah, well, I hope so, because they were really <laughs> pretty, and they. I, now you I can always I mean, go. You can always go and get some flower formula that you'd mix in the water and feed those hibiscus or feed the bougainvillea, but they're going to bloom in about the same amount of time anyway. So, well, I'm, we've been giving them, we've been giving them super bloom, but I look, you know, the numbers on it are pretty high. So yeah, I'm yep. still feeding them nitrogen. Well, you're still feeding them nitrogen with that, but luckily the nitrogen washes away a lot faster than the other two. So. <laughs> <laughs> that's they, okay. they do that we've, I, we've seen some i have a bougainvillea right now that's trying not to bloom and i've had it for probably four years now and it blooms when it feels like it despite i mean it's in full sun it has not been repotted for two years now which is another thing bougainvilleas dislike is to have their roots disturbed but i and i literally feed it every so often but i only feed it with a very very low nitrogen and flower formula it still hasn't bloomed it's got buds on it they've been sitting there looking at me but i think it's just been too wet and not hot enough it's hot enough but not not enough heat build up around that container and they're going to bloom it's just going to be sometime this month instead of last month when i wanted it (laughs) all righty you got one more question sure we had um some landscaping done and the landscaper just pull the plants out of the pot and stuck them in the ground. I've always broken the root ball up, you know, kind of washed mm-hmm. the dirt off of it and mm-hmm. planted them. And is, is that just, is that okay? Just no, it's not. Plant it? And I'm sorry that the landscaper allowed their, their laborers to do that. That's not okay. What that's doing is digging a hole, sticking a plant in it, and expecting the plant to suddenly find its way out of the circle that it's growing in and out into the soil that's not the same as it's in. And it doesn't work. You can go through a neighborhood sometimes, and they're so happy that I don't live there to watch them do that. (laughs) I'll come out and say something. What are you doing? <laughs> you know? And it, it's not okay. So if the shrubs do all right, that's great. If the shrubs are not growing, if the shrubs are, I mean, because it's literally a roll of the dice. You know, it, 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 if they were really root-bound when they went in, the chances of it working are much less than if they were only slightly root-bound. If the roots were nice, bright white, and full of lots of hairs on the edges of them in that root ball, They'll move out a lot quicker and a lot easier, but they'll always move out easier if the root ball is roughed up and the soil is not necessarily amended. The soil may be fine already, but the soil is cultivated before they're planted. Now, don't tell me their name. Don't tell me their name, but you have my permission to tell your landscaper that Garden Mama said, watch your laborers. They're getting away with something they shouldn't be getting away with. Well, I questioned him, and he said that if the plants didn't help be in the pot, then it, it's just fine to just put them in the ground. And so, and we've lost several, but he replaced them. But you know, it's well. Then I guess he doesn't mind losing money. That's all I can say. It's it's frustrating for you as the customer. 
and it should be frustrating for that person as the landscaper but i can't i can't vouch for everybody in my business that's for sure well i understand <laughs> all righty well thank you take, take pictures take pictures right now and take another picture when the next one dies you know in other words just keep up with it for the purpose of perhaps educating this person there, I'm sorry they believe that. It's not true. Thank you. <laughs> Good to hear from you. Like I said, if the roots are nice, bright white and have plenty of hairs on them, when you put them into that hole that you have not done anything else to the root ball and you have not done anything else to the hole, they'll probably be okay. But it's just like planting things too deeply or planting things in soil that's way too rich or soil that's way too dry or any of those other things. It's not the best way to do it. And it's so simple to do it right. I don't understand why people don't just rough up the seed, rough up the soil ball a little bit, dig around in there, cultivate the soil it's going into, and plant it. I don't understand, but I've been I've seen it all my life. I can't say that it's anything unusual. Rebecca from Adamsville, Tennessee. Where have you been? She's on the text line this morning. Wants to grow some carrots. Hey, listen, don't do that today. But, yes, you can grow them in containers. You're going to plant them in September. All right? That's great. Good to hear from you. Appreciate that very, very much. we got the watermelons. we got the composter. I think we're all, Okay, now we're back on to the text line. And you can join us there. The C Spire text line is 601-879-4395. Um, Andrea Madison, good morning. Welcome in. The Asiatic lilies had had less blooms this year, so they must be crowded. Yes, mine are overcrowded, too. We're going to be doing that work when it cools off a little bit. The stems of Asiatic lilies are so green that I want them to have the opportunity to just grow since they didn't bloom very well. They, they need to spend their time growing as opposed to me going and cutting them back and trying to take them apart. If I was moving and wanted my Asiatic lilies to go with me, I would certainly cut them down by half, dig them up, take them with me to where they needed to go. But since they don't have to be moved until this fall when they need to be reset and and spaced out bigger, I'm going to leave them where they are right now. It's just too warm for that kind of work. In the case of very, very green-leafed like that. Okay. Yes, I know Smith County, but I can't get to Smith County today. <laughs> Wonderful watermelons. My heart. My heart resides there. Trust me. Okay, here's another suggestion. Old Canton Road. Um, Freshway Produce. I'm, I might be able to get there. Thank you. That's a little closer to me. A little closer to where I'm headed. Hey, now, we're always interested, aren't we, in what in the world is different between this and that, between you know um, one thing and another, between a, a yellow squash and a zucchini. What's the difference between the early-bearing... In in my case, the early bearing blueberries bake better than the later ones because I don't water very much, and so they don't have a chance to fill as well. But from Penn State, it took 114 scientists. Good heavens, I can't imagine they didn't agree on anything. The good news is what they have worked on is how is it that amphibians and reptiles live so long? What is their aging process? What can we learn from it? How come Jonathan the Seychelles giant tortoise is 190 years old? <laughs> and, and how do we get there? 
is the question, I think. Um, this is Penn State, Northeastern Illinois University, and, and all of these other scientists coming in together. They really are studying what we learned to call uh, cold-blooded animals. They're different. You know, they their their temperature is not dependent on the same thing as warm-blooded animals. Their their temperature is very. The evidence of their longevity has also been spotty. But the good news is the crocodiles, the salamanders, the turtles, all of them have very, very low aging rates. So there's a lot that we need to learn from them. And in fact, some of them don't age at all, apparently. Um, we've all met people that they say their dog is 19 years old and looks like a puppy. You know, this, how does this happen? It does happen. And, and it's called negligible aging. I would like to think that we can all learn something from the cold-blooded critters and apply it to our warm-blooded selves. I love this. The hard shells, for example, contribute to slower aging. You know, there's fewer threats from the outside. There's just a lot of things that contribute, some of which we can learn about and some of which we can't. I don't believe I'm going to take on an exoskeleton, but I do think that I can learn a few things from Jonathan. (laughs) That wouldn't hurt. (laughs) Wouldn't hurt to know more about. Um, let's see. I have a crab apple tree. Is there anything I can do with the crab apples? Yes. Crab apple jelly is terrific. Um, this is the truth. I'm I'm sorry that to have to say this, but the squirrels in my yard go to my neighbor's crab apple. It's right across the fence, and they throw them at me. Yes, they do. They take them off the tree and fling them at me. Now I feel confident they're thinking they're eating them and dropping them, but they actually hit me with them. So I know I know some of them are intentionally launched. But crab apple jelly is one of the most delicious things that you'll ever have. Um, it's it's like it's like mayha jelly in that it takes a whole lot of of sugar and a whole lot of cooking. But it's one of those things that's delightful, and and you'll be glad that you found out about it. People do crab apple, a lot of things with crab apples, but but mostly here in the South, we tend to be very very much favoring all of the jellies because it makes such a pretty. It's it's a very pretty fruit. It's lovely. I did not know this, and I have to say. There's some things I don't want to know, all right? There's some headlines in the, the science world today, how pandas survive solely on bamboo. I, don't, I understand that, and they want you to understand that it, it's all in their wrist and how they eat the bamboo. I, but so what? Okay, as long as they get what they need, that's all right with me. Um, the art of getting DNA out of decades-old pickled snakes does not appeal to me at all. I'm not even going to look at the story. But on the other hand, right next to that, in a bunch of the listings this week, from <laughs> literally from a university that I cannot pronounce the name of, a new study has identified a molecular analogy. Wow! A molecular analogy. What? Yes, that's right. With octopus brain and human brain. We both have jumping genes. No, not jumping beans. This is not Mexico. Jumping genes. That's right. Which means that they are easily capable of flexible movement much more fast, much faster than any other thing that we've run into that does this. Now, how is that possible and why do we care? Because it goes directly to intelligence and to the ability 
of brains to make snap decisions and to change their path as necessary in the case of both octopus and humans, to learn more and avoid predators. Frankly, that's really all we're trying to do is learn more about our environment, take better care of ourselves, and avoid predators. And in these really amazing, this is the individual's genome, the jumping genes apply in there. They literally shuffle around and they duplicate. This is not something that happens in every creature. So in most cases... They don't do it. They're silent. They're part of evolution, but they don't have a specific movement to make or a change to make or a mutation until they accumulate to the point where they can. But it is literally the strong signal of activity, the structure of the brain where the octopus is learning, and frankly, just like the hippocampus in our brain. That is very, very cool. I have to tell you, we've always known that there was a lot going on with octopus. But this is really, really delicious. Let me see. Um, What am I doing wrong, Garden Mama? Oh, my goodness. Well, this is a tomato with a lot of sadness. And I'm going to say that it's time to plant another tomato. I bet you had a little bit of blight. I bet these yellow leaves and brown leaves kind of started out as smaller spots and moved up the plant. Um, When you grow in a container, watering twice a, a day does help. A little mulch also helps, but I don't think that you caught this one in time. Uh, I would enjoy the tomato that is there, and then I would go ahead and take this plant elsewhere out and get yourself another tomato plant. It's coming. July will provide more of those. There'll be some more in the stores. But that's what happened here. I think it just it didn't get off to a good enough growing start. Probably needed a little bit more sun and a little more fertilizer. And I think it has had um, it's had a rough go, but this is really the end of the season. Now, if you want to, you can cut the whole thing back. Okay, you can literally cut it down to six inches tall and see if you can get some new leaves growing on it. In that case, you'd have a new tomato plant. Oh, thank you, Ken and Raleigh. You would bring me one if you could. I know you would. Thank you very much. It's and I know there's people out there going, why does she want a yellow watermelon? Ick. Well, because you've never had one, or because everybody has their own particular taste. If I had to tell you my very favorite melon in the whole wide world, and I am a melon connoisseur, and for those of you who don't like the texture, I'm so sorry, because I do, I like Juan Canary melons. So there there you have it. Look that one up. <laughs> oh, let's see. Oh, dear, about to build on 20 acres and plan on a garden. What is the best way to keep the deer out? A six-foot-tall fence, maybe seven. And I'm not kidding. If I was building a brand-new garden today and starting out on an acreage, I would certainly put a fence up for the garden. I would probably even be putting some kind of screening or something around where I was going to plant my fruit trees just to keep the the squirrels and the other smaller mammals out of that. But if you can put a fence around the whole area, the, the vegetable garden area, the flower garden area, and the fruit garden area, you will be, you, you will thank me for years when the deer walk up and go, hmm, never mind, and move on. Because, you know, they can jump over that four-foot fence, sometimes that five-foot fence, too. Think about it. You're building. You may as well build a fence. This is Weekend Gardening.
Helping Mississippians with disabilities prepare for the job market as well as live independently in their homes and communities, this is what we do at the Mississippi Department of Rehab Services. Hi, I'm Chris Howard, Executive Director. The resources provided through our office helps families by providing things like personal care attendance, home modifications, career guidance and counseling, job supports, and so much more. You'll never know how we might be able to help you until you connect with us. Please visit mdrs.ms.gov to find an office closest to you. You know that nowadays, most people go online to look at a business before they spend their money. But what if the online information about your business is incorrect, or even worse, not very flattering? If your online presence isn't great, you may be losing customers. Super Talk Mississippi Media Digital's trusted and highly trained team is the answer. We're ready to work with you to help your business capitalize on the power of digital marketing. Call 601-991-2305 or go to stmmdigital.com to get started today. Giving it your all on the court? Make sure you have the right partner by your side. Highlands Leg Cramps Quick Dissolve Tablets, America's number one leg cramp relief solution for over 10 years. No water needed, no stomach upset, just fast, effective relief. Also available in caplets. Highlands Leg Cramps, to healthy competition and beyond. Available at Walmart, Walgreens, and CVS. Claims based on traditional homeopathic practice, not accepted medical evidence, not FDA evaluated. Research shows moving is one of life's most stressful events, but thanks to two men and a truck Ridgeland, it doesn't have to be. We have everything you need, a professional team who will customize your move, a schedule to fit your convenience Monday through Saturday, and all of the necessary moving supplies, including free padding and stretch wrap to protect your belongings. Don't stress, let two men and a truck handle your home or business moving needs. Visit twomenandatruck.com for a free, no obligation estimate. For a flipping good time, come down to Cock of the Walk. Celebrating our 40th anniversary at Cock of the Walk. Voted the best catfish in Mississippi with our grilled or fried catfish along with greens, coleslaw, and a skillet of our homemade cornbread. With locations on the Reservoir, Pocahontas, and one mile from the Grand Ole Opry in Nashville, Tennessee. Catfish, hush puppies, and fried dill pickles. For a flipping good time, come down to Cock of the Walk. I like chicken. I like fish. I like hush puppies. I love it. Catfish is excellent. For a flipping good time, come down to Cock of the Walk. If you're about to start a project or remodel with wood, you need to think Miller Lumber in Richland. Since 1953, we've built a solid reputation of supplying quality wood at a lower price, like western red cedar and cypress lumber, as well as a wide variety of patterns in pine, cedar, and cypress. Shop Miller Lumber for the best price new pine flooring and treated lumber in town. Miller Lumber, 551 Old Highway 49 South in Richland. Visit MillerLumberSales.com, 601-936-7099. When the forgotten poor are in need of healing, they wait for a ship unlike any other. Mercy Ships, a floating hospital staffed by volunteers, heroes of mercy who donate their time to save lives. Every human has the right to have a place at the table of the human race. If you could just see the smiles that you get when lives have been changed, then it would make it all worth it. To learn more about Heroes of Mercy, go to mercyships.org. I always wanted to learn Spanish, but I never thought I'd have the time. Then I discovered Babbel. Babbel's lessons are fun. They only take like 10 or 15 minutes, and in three weeks, presto, you're speaking another language, like magic. I love that Babbel's lessons aren't just robots talking. 
They're voiced by native speakers, so you get the pronunciation just right. If you want to learn a language, there's no faster, easier, better way than Babbel. 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 Go to Babbel.com to try for free. That's B-A-B-B-E-L.com. Babbel.com. People putting on their traveling shoes this week. Places to go, beaches to see, friends to visit, lots of stuff happening. And wherever you're going, I hope that you will grab yourself a glass of iced tea or whatever your favorite beverage is and have a toast and say, you know, good grief, it's summertime. It's July. All of us July babies are so happy to have you toast us, but mostly you just need to toast that it's summertime and we're here. We have a lot of things to be very, very grateful for in this nation. One of them is the fact that we're in this nation and not some other one someplace else. Yeah, if you, if, you, if, you, if you prefer somewhere else, that's fine. I know a lot of people who had to come here for work that would really rather be, you know, wherever they were. I know some folks here that think that they'd like to be somewhere else. I don't agree. I'm, I think that's why we're here. And indeed... Sometimes you have to just look around and say, maybe it's day to count my blessings. Maybe I need to count my blessings for all those onions and all that mint, all those beautiful peppers, all that beautiful thyme that I have to, to cook with in, in, in the stew that I'm making tonight. Maybe I've got, uh, maybe there's a few bugs in the oregano, but guess what? I'll get those out of there. And indeed, it's also time to think about the bay tree. I need to fertilize that because I do want to pluck more of those leaves later on. Think about what's working. Think about what makes you happy and go and do more of it in your garden. Okay? Okay. Good question about red-hot poker plants. I do love that plant. Gail's in Macomb. She's got um, two large hot pokers. Do they seed or do they have to, you have to separate them to have more? They generally will make a tight, big clump. And I'm sure they make a seed, but depending on which one you have, if you have the species, it will be true. But if you have one of the more modern hybrids of this plant, you might not get the same one from the seeds. So this is the point at which to start making your plans to dig and divide that red-hot poker plant. Um, I, I, I planted one in my in a, in a line of plants that I thought would be interesting together. It, of course, took over immediately, and I now have a clump of it. I don't know what happened to the other things that used to be in that bed, but I know I should have dug them and divided them. They did not. They don't multiply as fast, say, as rudbeckia or black-eyed susans, but they do about as fast as hostas. They'll be so tight in their clump that you'll realize you need to take some of them out. Um, and that's an interesting. Corinne and I are discussing what's going on with her compost. I think that worked. Then all the rain is soaked. Yeah, that's probably true, too. Okay, good idea. What she's doing is making a way for her kitchen waste to make it to the compost. In one, of the, one of the problems that we all have, we'd like to think that we're going to incorporate the kitchen waste into the compost. But the kitchen waste and the compost are not in the same place. And so you put them into a, a bucket or something in your, in your refrigerator to hold for a little while. 
and then you forget about it. Or, in my case, it, there, it still gets to be too much of it, and I'm just too lazy to walk outside with it. So we're working on ways to make our, make our schedule work a little bit better. I think we can do that. I really think we can do that. I've been talking today about the reasons for sustainable practices, um, everything from my point of view about pollinators and my point of view about what I grow anyway and my point about what I'm willing to spend money on. But these farmers that are having to face this for the first time are really very, it's very instructive for those of us. Um, There's a Zionsville, Indiana is where this particular story originated, I think, or at least where the interview for it came from. Um, This is a story that came out from the Chicago Bureau of Reuters News Service, reported to me, and I discovered it in Yahoo Finance. It's not a bunch of baloney. Nobody went out and made up a story. This is real reporting. And what they are letting us know is that there were a lot of things that were already more expensive because of the supply chain issues that came up during the pandemic. Either the plant where the material was made closed, or the ship that took it from one place to the next couldn't, or the people that needed to unload it had no materials and no ability and no time to do that. There's just all these production strategies, of course, that that work together to bring us products can also fall apart at different hinges on that process. So... Every one of that, each one of those things, of course, raises the cost when it eventually gets to the consumer or it gets to the consumer, in this case as a farmer, too late to be used. So this particular farmer that they were discussing, the distributor of the um, agricultural products there in Indiana, Indiana said that the supplies are as tight as he's seen in 24 years. I love anybody that's willing to say everything was delayed, delayed, delayed. For somebody who's in sales, my friends, that is a very, very, very frustrating situation. Of course, the shortages in turn reduce the options. And you add into that the fact that some weeds are becoming resistant to the herbicides that we're using, as we've talked about here. That's the natural evolution of anything. If you start spraying bugs with a particular chemical, some of them are going to figure out a way to survive it. The same is true with weeds. Some of them are going to find a way to survive it. And in fact, when the prices for glyphosate and um, glufosinate, the other part of that um, thing, part of that chemical chain, jumped 50%, you can imagine that there's you, – you may think about using less. You look at the bottle when you go to the garden center and go, well, maybe I'll, maybe I'll get out there and pull those weeds or maybe I'll hoe those weeds. Or you think maybe I'll just use it a little less often or something. A farmer's got to figure out a much bigger approach to the answer to this problem. And so whether they have to raise their prices or whether they can even get the chemicals that they're accustomed to using, they're changing what they're doing. And to change to a more sustainable way of doing things, to find alternatives, to find different ways of doing stuff, is wise. We cannot put literally all of our eggs in that one basket. And diversity, both in our approach to planting and, of course, in our approach to pest control, is very, very, very important. I'm glad to be part of that voice. And I'm also glad that it's nothing new to me. Um, I'm I'm not – I'm not – I'm I'm not having to figure this out, and I'm happy to help those who need to figure it out to figure it out. There's a lot of stories this week um, about hydrangeas, a lot of questions, a lot of people weighing in on stuff. 
I did not water my hydrangeas. There were several very, very hot days, as you all are very aware. And I just said, I'm going to see what happens. They need to be pruned anyway, so I, they were in bloom. So I just went ahead and let the flowers dry. And, of course, then it began to rain again. And they have such beautiful colors. The colors that were already there, the shades of blue were there, but also the tans and the browns and even a little bit of whitening that got onto some of those petals, um, well, some of those bracts as they actually are. It's beautiful. I'm enjoying it. I don't think it's anything anybody else might like, but if you didn't prune yours, go look at them. (laughs) If you didn't water them, go look at them. They got uh, really interesting stuff. Let's see. Um, Oh, that's interesting. On Linda's and Laurel... And she had a knockout rose about seven years old, died. The ones, the others by it are doing fine. If I pull this one up, what do I need to do to the soil before I plant another one? Well, if, it, if, if all the others are knockouts and just this one died, then I'm going to tell you, literally just work that soil up. Maybe add a little bit of organic matter if it tends to be a really tight soil or if it tends to be one that, you know, is, is um, dusty. Because sometimes, even when we have plenty of rain, we do have some soils that don't have enough organic matter to them. So if you want to add a little organic matter to it, that'll be fine. The main thing to do if you're going to plant a rose at this time of the year, which is not necessarily recommended, but which, frankly, we do all the time, water, water, water. Water it well. Don't count on the rain. And don't water all of them. Just water the one that you've added to the planting. You might consider a root stimulator, fertilizer, or you might consider a compost tea, for example, something that will stimulate root production because that's what you're trying to do. If you buy this knockout rose now and you're going to plant it and say it's in a one-gallon container and it's three feet tall out of the top of the container, cut it back by about a third. That will help it get over the, any transplant shock that might be trying to get, in, get into it. When we have plants that we plant, and we are literally looking at their root ball. I'm going to say it again, even though I already said it. Please make sure that if the roots are not white and really healthy and just popping out of that root ball, that you loosen them up a little bit and put them into your cultivated soil. Even if you don't need to add anything to the soil, the soil's fine. You're going to need to cultivate it just a little bit to help those roots make contact with it. And those are, those are really good ideas. Um, I do know that knockouts have a pretty good longevity so if you feel like something else did it in that's different but we can lose one out of a group and not be terribly surprised um let's see when oh good question when to uh, when you dig up the hot poker plants do you take all of them or do you just take the ones off the edges that really depends on the setting if you feel like the whole clump is tight then you're going to want to dig it up because you're going to want to replant the center of it, and you won't ever get to the center by taking individual plants off the sides. On the other hand, if you see that it's three or four plants that have popped up together, you can take out the ones that are on the edges without any problem. If it's a tight clump, though, I'm going to dig the whole clump up, separate it, and replant it. That's a good question. Thank you for asking that. There are a lot of things that I want to do, 
and things that I have been thinking about doing. But right now, and you need to do this too, this is the last time to pinch Clara Curtis Mums and Joe Pieweed and the other fall-blooming perennials that sometimes can get a little bit leggy and tall on us. Um, there, I, I have some that right now the, the Clara Curtises are maybe a foot tall. I'm going to take the head shears and just trim off several inches. The reason to do that is twofold. First of all, it's so that the stems are thicker and denser and can hold the flowers up. But also so that when they do bloom, the flowers don't pull them over and make them flop over on something else. You can still have a pretty flower in a nice collection of them. Some of them are eventually going to fall over. I'm not going to say that they won't, because um, Claire Curtis mums are kind of famous for that. <laughs> kind of famous for that. I hope that if you are considering um, what to do with all of that charcoal from the grill, that you remembered some of the things that I have told you. Most people will look at it, and when you don't even think about doing something with it until you've had the barbecue and you've got all of this charcoal, and then you send me a note and says, what can I do with this? Can I put it in the garden? Can I do this? Can I do that? You can certainly, if it's if it's still in charcoal form, you can put it into the compost. You can start a biochar corner where you're just actually going to make biochar that then becomes an amendment itself where you're piling that stuff up. Or if you've burned it all the way out to gray ash, in that case, you can take it and just put up to an inch on any surface in your so- in your garden, any soil surface, except blueberries, um, camellias, hollies, anybody that's an acid-loving plant. You don't you don't really want to do that. Gardenias, for example, you don't want to give them the the potash. You don't want to increase. You don't want to give them a chance to have their pH changed. So that's important to know. Um, it's one of those things, though, that frankly we 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 don't use much that we can't turn around and reuse. So I'm I'm in hopes that 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 message gets to you and that you want to put that charcoal to some good use after the big holiday. I had someone send me a recipe this week that I'm tempted to use, but I probably won't this time. I'm thinking about it maybe for in a week or two, though, because um, I've got an event coming up. It was literally, what do you do with too many cherry tomatoes? And they, I, I've not done this. If you've done it before, tell me. But she was making them on skewers with shrimps, and they, of course, burst very quickly. The shrimp cooks fast, so that it's not a bad choice to put together. But she put the cherry tomatoes in the freezer for a little bit before putting them onto the skewer with the shrimp. So then when they cooked, they stayed intact because they were frozen when they hit the fire. I like that idea. I might try that. If you try it or if you're already doing it, let me know because I'm, I'm fascinated by it. One of the other questions that came up this week is about cutting back um, daylilies. If they've been chewed up, if they've been um, they're rusty, you know, if there's a problem with their leaves and they finish blooming, can I go ahead and cut them down? Yeah, you can if you if you need to, and certainly if they're bringing pests into the rest of your garden, you certainly should. But at this time of the year. I don't want you to try and keep them dormant. Um, go ahead, cut them back, but give them a little fertilizer. Make sure they get watered if it doesn't rain really, really well in that particular part of your garden. And they will go ahead and at least have nice bushy leaves to be transplanted or to f- refill the space that you're growing them in. Daylilies are n- not un, un they're, they're easily manipulated, but because there's different kinds, you need to know that some are evergreen. 
Some are absolutely deciduous, and some are in the middle. So think about what you got. Then that'll tell you when and where to operate on them a little bit more. Oh, my goodness. I'm glad you're here with me today because we're all way down south. This is Weekend Gardening. comforts your family enjoys around your home. When you include propane appliances throughout your home, you can have even greater comfort from endless hot water to softer clothing and cozier heat on cold winter days. With an all-propane home, you'll also enjoy greater efficiency and energy savings compared to all-electric homes. Go to PERC.com and ask why propane. The answer will be clear. Energy for everyone. Propane. Visit MSPropane.com. Welcome to day four of Digging Safety Class. It says here we're talking post holes. Yes, before you dig one, call 811. For a post hole? See this picture? Your hair's standing on end, Bob. Cool, dude. Not so cool. I hit an electrical line. And I thought you were trying to be hip. Hello, Sam here from Mississippi 811. Calling 811 two working days before digging is the law, and it's always the right thing to do. ESISupply.net. It's not if you're going to have a spill at your business or workplace, it's when. ESISupply.net. Exorbent pads by the bundle or roll. ESISupply.net. Socknet boom products, oil gator, oil dry spill kits, and much more. ESISupply.net. Take it from Scary Gary. If it can spill, it's gonna. ESI Supply, 601-933-4910. That's 601-933-4910 or online at esisupply.net. Garden Mama here for Lakeland Yard and Garden. Now is the time to get to Lakeland Yard and Garden for the largest selection of patio furniture and accessories for outdoor and indoor living areas. Lakeland has everything you need from umbrellas and replacement cushions to beautiful fountains and stepping stones. You'll find Komodo Joe grills, Yeti coolers, and great collegiate gift items. The expert staff at Lakeland is happy to guide you through their large nursery stock of bedding plants, perennials, tropicals, and more. Be sure to get your soils and mulches. Many are sold by the bag or in bulk, and Lakeland Yard and Garden even offers local delivery. Lakeland Yard and Garden, growing your way and serving you for over 43 years. Listen to your mama now and call 601-939-7304. Visit online at lakelandyardandgarden.com and stop by Lakeland Yard and Garden. Lakeland Drive at Airport Road. What if there was a paint that could awaken something as old as that Rip Van Winkle guy? Hey, what? Because it could adhere to the most weathered exteriors and completely restore its youth. Hey, there's hair on my head again! If a paint could give any time-worn surface stunning new life, is it still paint? Regal Select Exterior from Benjamin Moore. Paint like no other. Seabrook Paints in Jackson and Ridgeland. Visit SeabrookPaints.com. Here's the pitch. He swings. It's out of here. Jackson ends around the area. It's time to hit big. 
during the Grand Slam Huge Car Sale. Through July 3rd only, Mazda Jackson and Ridgeland Mitsubishi have teamed up to bring you over 400 new and pre-owned vehicles, all in one location. Trust work, park, and burn. While other dealers have no cars, we have hundreds of vehicles to choose from, including Chevys, Toyotas, Hondas, Mazdas, Kia, Fords, you name it. We've got it. Make no payments for 90 days. Get up to $3,000 in down payment assistance. Plus, receive a 42-inch TV with every purchase. Credit problems? No problem. We have over 20 lenders for on-site financing. You could win $100,000. And on Sunday, July 3rd, we'll give away a mystery car at 1 p.m. Register no later than Saturday, July 2nd. We'll also be giving away a $4,000 Home Depot gift card and a PS5. But hurry, it all ends Sunday, July 3rd. And you don't want to miss the buying opportunity of a lifetime during the Grand Slam Huge Car Sale at Trust Park Park, One Brains Boulevard in Perth. Brought to you by Mazda of Jackson and Ridgeland Mitsubishi. Get here now, because once the deals are gone, they are gone. If you're interested in taking classes from me about growing vegetables, please get in touch and let me know that. Mama on air at yahoo.com. Of course, that's also the way you can get a subscription to my newsletter that comes out every Friday. I got a note back yesterday from a note from several people, in fact, that said, you must have been up early because I sent the newsletter out so early in the morning on Friday. Usually it's around noontime, but sometimes... Sometimes it gets done sooner. Um, so that was kind of fun. I always like it when y'all send me back notes and get in touch. It's it's wonderful to hear from folks that are kind enough to subscribe and be my patrons. And it's also wonderful to know that the newsletter got there, because let's face it, this is still, you send it out there, and you, you know it's gone, but you hope it gets there. <laughs> uh, let's see. Good question about... Um, azaleas in oxford dying one after another after another if they're dying in a row going down the 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 area where they're planted as opposed to one here and one there and one here and one there if they're going down the row the chances are very good that you have a root rot fungus because azaleas are susceptible to that and it's uh, pretty easy to tell go to one of the ones that has died and and pull it out of the ground it it may smell funny but it certainly will not have any white roots attached to it and that's generally how you can tell that 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 area has has been invaded you can try drenching the rest of the the ones that are still alive with fungicide you'll probably need to do it now and again in the fall to try and slow that process down but um, if it's if you don't see a bug, you're not seeing something eating it. You're not seeing um, if the the blackening on the leaves is not sooty mold where it comes off on your finger. It's all actually just in there. Then um, the the question is what's causing this? And you're spraying it with three three and one the bio advanced, which is a fine. Uh, it, it's going to control insects, and it's it, but it's not going to reach the root rot. I don't think. So check and see if it's root rot, and I'm, I'm afraid it might be. What do we do about root rot? We fix the bed and replant. Um, sometimes you can plant azaleas too low in the, in the soil. In other words, they're, they're one of the ones that, that when you're taught how to plant, you're taught to dig the hole, set the root ball in, rough up the edges of it, and then pull the soil up around it as opposed to planting the, the root ball down in the soil. So that's another note that might have been different there. It might not have been something you wanted. Oh, that is gorgeous. 
That is so beautiful. Tom and Van Cleve. Yes, I'm, I'm sure she did call it Star of Bethlehem, and it, it is a beautiful, beautiful plant. It was his mama. She brought it, he brought it from Missouri. That's lovely. Thank you. That's so pretty. I'll, I'll get you the botanic name as soon as it comes to the top of my head. It will in a minute. <laughs> but what a pretty plant. Goodness gracious. Lovely, lovely, lovely. Tom's at Nettleton. Um, <laughs> that's a great one. Drop the mic moment. Thank you very, very much. I appreciate you. Itawamba County, thank you so much. Um, happy birthday, America. Yes, and I'm, I'm, I'm very much one to endorse that particular spirit. I'm also reminded of, uh, for, for those of you who are out there who are expecting a baby this summer, and I know there are a lot of you, I, I want to tell you how lucky you are, and I, I tell you this because there was no air conditioning when I was born. My mother basically was um, put to bed for her health and mine six or eight weeks before I was was finally delivered, and uh, she said that if she had been able to move and get the block of ice, she would have put it in front of the fan, and that was the first time in her life she ever thought about that. <laughs> You know, you always see that in a movie, but people don't actually do that. But um, that's she would have appreciated that. I'll tell you something else that I'm really appreciating. We were talking about the, the great plant giveaway um, and, and things that are coming up. I've got a couple of daylilies from that, that and, and I've got 13, lucky number 13, asparagus plants <laughs> that have started. I know this sounds funny to you, but anytime I can manage to take something and turn it from nothing into something in the garden, I'm, I'm very happy about that. And in this particular case, I wasn't sure if they were going to sprout at all. Now, on the other hand, I had what I hoped were going to be some lovely uh, canna lilies to add to my canna lily collection. And unfortunately, they don't seem to be doing anything. But I did discover that one of the containers that I had planted some in doesn't have any drainage holes in it, and I know it used to. I can't imagine. I don't know what happened to it, but anyway, it's one of those things where you go, well, maybe a lot of water will help. And sure enough, after the second time that it flooded, I have one little sprout coming out of the top of one of them. So I, I don't think that I don't think the cannons are going to add to a lot, and sometimes you just have to play with things. Part of being a gardener is being just a slight amount adventurous. I used to talk to a guy who grew tomatoes in my neighborhood. Um, you could go past his house, and he would have tomatoes out for sale out in the front yard, and that, that was to me one of the greatest things in the world, because. No matter how my tomatoes were doing, I always stopped and bought some from him too. And he would, he would, we would talk tomatoes, and he would talk about how difficult the stink bugs were, or how big a problem one thing was or another thing was. But he never stopped enjoying doing it. He never stopped enjoying the challenge. And he, he was, let's say, he was old when I was young. <laughs> so I'm happy to say I'm living that same that same particular point of view. I do hope uh, that you will enjoy yourselves this weekend. I hope you've got some family that are some friends and some fun and some fireworks and all of those things. I do recognize that the problem with the noise, the problem with the loud carrying on of the fireworks is oftentimes very troubling, and I want you to make plans for that. In, in my house, the animals get a nice dark room and um, other music to keep them from hearing quite as much outside. But it's more difficult for people, of course. Um, 
Charlie and Brenda and Clarkdale. I do, too, and I don't know how to do that. <laughs> we'll have to see. We'll have to see. Um, wow, that's interesting. Hmm. Uh, anyway, y'all, y'all, are, y'all are so much fun. Y'all are so kind to me, and, and it's, it is my great joy to be here with you and have the opportunity to talk about the plants that we love and some of the ones that we don't like so much, some of the ones we wish we could get rid of sometimes. That's very, very true. The good news is, of course, that when we get together, everybody's plants grow a little bit better, a uh, l- little better than they did before. Um, well, go, Brian. That's great. That's fun. Um, cucumber from the garden, and uh, he's getting pears. That's very cool. Looks like a beautiful day. Everybody's pictures today have gray skies, and I agree with you. I wish I could know how to. Sh- I wish I could show them to you, because we do see some really pretty stuff. But that's a beautiful container garden. I like the half whiskey bar- barrels there. Um, that's fun. Went took off on vacation, came back, and there's cucumbers and pears. That's a pretty good situation. You have to admit that's pretty good. I like that. Thank you very much for showing me. Looks like the vacation was good too. You look happy. <laughs> That's good news. <laughs> I have uh, I have to tell you, this is the time when everybody says, I'd love to go here or go there. And the question is, how's the transportation going to be? How much is the gas going to cost? It's coming down a little bit. And, of course, if you've got a plane ticket, you have to make sure the plane's going to be there and all of those kind of things. I think that's all great. I hope you go do all of that. And I hope you come back here next week. Next weekend, we'll be celebrating my birthday, and we'll be celebrating you and everything that goes on in your garden. This is Weekend Gardening. Weekend Gardening with the Garden Mama is a production of TeleSouth Communication. Are you looking for a contractor for your new home or remodel? Go licensed. Unlicensed contractors may try to convince you that pulling your own permit can save you money, but they may do shoddy work, or in some cases, no work at all, costing you far more in the long run. Protect yourself and your investment by comparing estimates from three licensed contractors. Remember, go licensed. For more information, contact the Mississippi State Board of Contractors at msboc.us. Helping Mississippians with disabilities prepare for the job market as well as live independently in their homes and communities, this is what we do at the Mississippi Department of Rehab Services. Hi, I'm Chris Howard, Executive Director. The resources provided through our office helps families by providing things like personal care attendance, home modifications, career guidance and counseling, job supports, and so much more. You'll never know how we might be able to help you until you connect with us. Please visit mdrs.ms.gov to find an office closest to you. I'm Rex Baker with Gateway Rescue Mission. Every day, I see people in crisis. On the surface, they need a good meal. Deep inside, they need hope. On my best day ever, I can't save anybody. 
but we each can be a tool God uses to change a life. I want to challenge you. Allow God to use you to help someone else today. Check us out at gatewaymission.org, helping people right here in Jackson, Mississippi. At Fillmore Buick GMC, we strive to make buying your next vehicle easy and take care of you long after you drive off the lot. That means upfront and honest pricing, doing everything we can to make the time you spend in the dealership as short or as long as you need. It means we understand that purchasing a vehicle is more than just a transaction for you. We want you to enjoy the experience as much as we appreciate your business. Find your next Buick GMC or pre-owned vehicle at FillmoreBuickGMC.com. Fillmore Buick GMC. You drive everything we do. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.